0: Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Jeff Ramsey. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations. You're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the Where's the land? The the I'm so offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Welcome back to Snapback to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 32. So usually I do my like, how is your week? But I really don't have anything to report on. Um, Yeah, nothing big really happened this week. So Uh, next week I am going to Denver, Colorado to visit some of my friends and I'm very excited. I haven't seen these particular friends in like three-ish years around. Yeah, so it's been a while. Really? No, two and a half. I don't know, between two and three years. Um, but anyway, it's been a while so I'm really excited to go to Denver. Um, but that being said, I did want to let you guys know that I am planning on taking a one-week break um so I will not be releasing an episode next week I just want to like have some time to catch up on stuff and I really want to like commit to watching a show like being able to watch through like a few seasons of it um and not just feeling rushed to do like one season really fast so I'm hoping that I can like work ahead and get a few episodes done but at the very least even if I don't it'll be good to you know take a little bit of a break so I hope you guys don't mind that too much but Um, I'm hoping that I can at least work ahead and that way I'll go back to my normal like releasing every week kind of schedule. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. This week we are talking about Wife Swap. Um, I'm really excited to talk about Wife Swap. It's such a ridiculous show. I don't know exactly what inspired me. I know there was something that like triggered it where I was like ooh I should talk about Wife Swap. I think maybe I mentioned that like on one of my recent episodes where I called out Lifetime. Was it last week? Was it just last week when I was talking about Dance Moms? Um, Wow. Whatever. But anyway this week we're going to talk about Wife Swap because I remember watching this on Lifetime when I was like sick and they would rerun it all the time so it would be like two hours of Grey's Anatomy and then like four hours of Wife Swap in a day. So it was something that I watched you know when it was just like on in the daytime. It wasn't anything that I ever like committed to watching but it's always good for some drama. It's just a really ridiculous show. Um, The premise in case you don't know is that (laughs) families swap wives. Um, No so it's two families usually from well always usually always from different social classes or lifestyles so it's like they get the most extreme opposites as possible to swap lives um they swap wives slash mothers or sometimes husbands but I don't ever remember seeing an episode where the husbands were swapped um and they swap for two weeks uh and so it's just of course it's manufactured drama but it's always just I don't know it's very entertaining and can sometimes be pretty wholesome and can sometimes be pretty freaking dramatic so that's why it's good. Um, so the show itself actually was based off of a British show also called Wife Swap. It originally premiered on ABC and ran from 2004 to 2010. There was a, like one little revival season in 2013. And then as of April 2019, this series has been rebooted and is airing on the Paramount Network. Um, and actually in 2012, ABC began airing Celebrity Wife Swap, which aired until 2015. But I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Celebrity Wife Swap. So what's kind of interesting is that abc and fox actually both bid for the rights to wife swap and abc outbid fox originally um so they were going to be the ones to have this show air in the united states like from the british version uh and originally it was going to be called trading moms but then uh, in june of 2004 so this happened in like spring of 2004 that they had the bidding war for wife swap in june Fox publicized a program with an almost identical format to Wife Swap called Trading Spouses. So, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because like I was thinking, you know, what do I do, Trading Spouses or Wife Swap? Because it's the same show basically. I honestly don't even like know the difference between the two shows if there is a difference. Um, and there were certain episodes I was thinking of doing, and I couldn't remember if they were either in Trading Spouses or Wife Swap, and somewhere in one and somewhere in the other. But anyway, I just thought that was really funny. I didn't realize that trading spouses technically came first, but only because Fox was being like a shady underhanded bitch. Um, so ABC changed the name from Trading Moms back to Wife Swap, which of course was like the original British name. Some fun facts or like, con- I guess, controversial moments in the history of Wife Swap um, there was a participant Jeffrey Bedford who in 2005 actually sued ABC uh because they treated his wife for a gay man like there are no winners in this story really um so he was really upset that he got like a husband (laughs) instead of a wife I guess um and so he basically said like we're not doing it cut the show like in production we don't want to do this anymore um and so when he tried stopping production ABC apparently threatened to not tell him his wife's whereabouts and like wouldn't pay for her to come home so he sued for 10 million dollars but um I guess that didn't really go anywhere. So that was kind of wild um there was also another former contestant who in march 2010 she sued abc for 100 million dollars because she claimed that her appearance and depiction on her 2008 episode led her uh, to public embarrassment and she suffered from panic attacks and suicidal tendencies as the result um so basically it's just like an extreme case of what a lot of former contestants or former former families featured said that production exaggerated things and they set scenes up and scripted certain things to make things seem a certain way to like push the narrative push the storyline so the lawsuit was settled out of court um but the terms were not disclosed so who knows how much she actually got um so there was some other person I think her name was Karen Martinez or Kelly Martinez I didn't write this one down um but she published a blog post and she actually had some interesting Tidbits uh, that she shared. So, the premise of the show is that it takes place over the course of two weeks, and then in the first week, the new wife comes and lives by the rules of the family that she's living with. But in the second week, she gets to like change it up and make her own rules for the family to abide by. So, this former contestant what have you um, she says that it was actually only shot over one week instead of two um, and they like will black out the windows or they'll bring in floodlights to film day and night scenes as needed you know no matter what time of day it is um, another thing that she did mention was that the families get twenty thousand dollars for participating which is pretty nice you know that's a good chunk of change to add to your family year- yearly budget That was about it uh, that I found in terms of like background or fun facts or anything like that. It's like a kind of basic reality show. Like there's not a lot going on behind the scenes I feel like other than just the basic sort of production manipulation that we're all used to by this point. So this episode in particular I'm really excited to talk about. I went into this knowing, kind of knowing that this was going to be the episode that I was going to talk about. There were a few like kind of iconic scenes from either Wife Swap or Trading Spouses that I was thinking about doing but this I knew I wanted to do because of the like cultural connection with this family. So I feel like maybe you know what I'm talking about because I said cultural connection in the family and this is Wife Swap but I'm talking about the Heaney Martell family episode aka the family of the Balloon Boy hoax from 2009. Do we all remember that? Do we all remember when The world stopped for a few hours because we thought a little boy had climbed up into a homemade UFO shaped weather balloon and it had gotten loose and flown across the countryside. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. You probably do. But anyway, I wanted to talk about this because their family is fucking nuts. Like beyond the balloon boy hoax and what they did after that too is still pretty fucking nuts. But I've seen both of their episodes of Wife Swap oh yes they have too I've actually I think I had only seen the second episode that they had gone on because they were like fan favorites and went on you know the 100th episode special they were voted to go back on Um, I don't think I'd ever really seen the original episode that they first appeared on so this is the one that I'm doing is the Heaney family Um, and I just wanted I wanted to do this I knew I wanted to do this so I could talk about these people so that's why I chose this episode, and I guess that's why I ultimately ended up choosing wife swap over trading spouses in general. Um, by the way, I found this on YouTube. There was a YouTube channel that had like a bunch of different wife swap episodes that were <laughs> broken up into like twelve clips each. So if you want to watch, it's on YouTube. Just search like wife swap, I guess. So this is season five, episode one, the Heaney Martell family. Like I said, um, and this actually originally aired October third, two thousand and eight. So just for context just where we were in the world Obama was about to be elected. Good times. (laughs) So we open on this like just shots of oh sidebar before I get into this I guess because this is on YouTube and split up into like eight clips it's definitely the vast majority of the episode but there's a few bits that you know like I miss kind of cutting to and from commercial breaks kind of jumps in at a few places so just the full disclosure that I don't have all 100% of the episode I have like 98% of the episode so yes we open with various shots of like planes wide open land um there's like a background that sounds like a storm radio going it's like oh, a tornado warning in the area all oh, like seek shelter immediately so then we have like our dramatic narrator who comes in he's like there's a storm coming and the Heenies of Colorado are headed straight into it so we meet the Heaney family our iconic Heaney family um we see them like racing into a storm they're storm chasers by the way they like to chase after tornadoes um like there are little kids I think it's like three little kids in the family uh so we see them like drive into a tornado basically or drive towards a tornado the kids are like are those tornadoes and the parents are like yeah yeah isn't it great um so the parents are Mayumi and Richard and Storm chasing is their life, basically. They are always ready to go. They check the weather multiple times a day. If there's a storm, they'll, like, wake their kids up. They'll pull their kids out of school because they think it's more educational to go storm chasing. Um, Also, Richard will, like, take his motorcycle and ride more or less into the tornadoes. Uh, He says that he does that to measure magnetic fields. They also measure the magnetic fields of the tornadoes by, like, shooting rockets into the storms. Um at this point like while we're getting this introduction to all of this we have a talking head interview cut to one of the kids. I say talking head but it's really just like the one-on-one individual interview with one of the kids and he's talking about how if his father gets thrown by a tornado he's scared that he might die. So you know that's great. So the narrator says that Richard goes out into all sorts of weather to collect evidence in support of his theories. His theories. I really I think that Richard is a flat earther. Like this is my, this is my theory. I bet Richard is like an early adopter flat earther just because he seems like it. Anyway, just just sit with me on that one for a while. Um, then we also learned that Mayumi the mom does all of the technical support, including filming because I guess he does like science YouTube episodes it says science episodes I, I don't know episodes of what. She does all of the equipment maintenance and all of the computer support and Richard just kind of treats her as a servant he'll holler for her through the megaphone that they have in their home um, when he needs her for something. At this point we get a little like interview with Richard and Mayumi and he's talking to the camera and he calls her um, his ninja wife and he says this is because she's like really fast at everything. But it also feels a little bit racist because Mayumi is actually Japanese. So I feel like you just maybe shouldn't do that as a white man with your Japanese wife. It's, I guess it's better than calling her his geisha wife. Whew. Um, so surprise, surprise, not only doing everything for their research, uh, she also does everything around the home and watches after all of the kids while Richard does his theory research or whatever. Uh, Mamie says that richard never does laundry because he doesn't think it's a man's job and richard also says that domestic work is just maintenance like maintenance chores and his brain doesn't think about maintenance because it's busy thinking about things no one's ever thought of before which you know sure jan we also get a little scene of mayumi making what she calls spaceship eggs uh because he is very particular with how he takes his eggs he explains that the little ship, which is like a single fried egg, will attack the mothership, which is a piece of toast. And he like makes spaceship noises while he puts the egg on the toast and then he eats it. <laughs> um, at this point, we're introduced to the children who do not take their eggs as spaceship eggs. Uh, Well, they might, but they don't make a big fucking deal about it. There's Bradford, who's eight, Rio, who's seven, and Falcon, who's five. Falcon, if you remember the earlier Balloon Boy story, is the one who allegedly had climbed into the balloon and flew away, but ended up just being in their attic. So the main hook, the thing that's going to be like the conflict of the episode, is that the Heenies believe kids should live a life of fun and adventure. Um, So they're like we just see scenes of fucking destruction as the children like destroy their house naturally you know because it's fun Um, and then the boys can play wherever they want they just have to take their walkie-talkies with them Uh, we see them just like running around through the woods it's also really funny because I think it's Rio I think it's the middle kid um, he's like playing in his front yard and he's like jumping on a dirt pile and he screams like die United States die okay they're all dead and like walks away it's just like that kind of funny way that kids play um also these kids have horrendous table manners as Richard says table manners are not that important to us because they're kids and kids need to live like children um so that's all good and well and kids should be able to play and learn but these are they're like farting at the table and it's disgusting Um, So Mayumi says that she always tries to be friends with her kids because that way they're like more open-minded and they'll talk to her more freely. But the narrator comes back in to tell us that Mayumi is giving up her life of storm chasing to trade lives with a woman 1,800 miles away who she's never met before. So at this point we switch it up and we meet the Martell family who uh, live in Connecticut So naturally the Martell family are like the polar opposite of the Heenies. Uh, Their whole thing is they are all about safety. They just want their kids to be safe. Maybe to a point of slightly being excessive, but in my opinion a lot of these things that they're doing are pretty fucking reasonable things that you should do if you have small children. Um, So they say that they use special sunscreen that doesn't have chemicals that absorb into their body. But like shout out to them for putting their kids in SPF every day because I know that I didn't wear sunscreen every single day of my life. I pretty much only ever wore it when I was at the beach or the pool. Uh, their kids don't play near the stairs or climb on the furniture. They're not allowed to have handheld video games because as one of the kids tells us, um, they might walk right into the street and be hit by a car while they're playing them, which mm, this is where we're starting to get more excessive. Um, one of the kids says he doesn't like sushi because he's afraid it might give you tapeworms. And then another, the, well, I make it sound like there are 20 million kids. There are only two, um, but then the other one says that he can't use the stove or turn on the microwave because it might give you cancer. Uh, also, like, in addition to just all of these things that they're worried about or afraid of, Karen and Jay, <laughs> I have a really hard time with this husband's name, um, they will actually, like, they they practice drills. Like, we see them practicing a real-ass fire drill. Where they like are acting like there's a fire. They're like crouching low to the floor. They take their ladder out. They climb out the window and go to their designated meeting place. I was literally just talking about drills with my friend the other day. Kelsey what up? Um, I'm pretty sure I was talking to you about these about running drills Kelsey and how I was just like no one runs drills at home. But then I was like proven wrong. So here we're formally introduced to the kids Max who's 11 and Dean who's 10 which you know kind of like looking at their ages now maybe their their parents are being a little bit too strict with them but whatever um also (laughs) the editors are very rude in this moment and they choose to like give Max his introductory shot as him putting on his fucking headgear before bed (laughs) just is awful um So then they go into how Max and Dean are taught to be like super aware of even the dangers of playing. Like they're not allowed to leave their toys out in case someone trips and dies. Uh, They do show them bouncing on pogo sticks while wearing helmets which just seems like reasonable to me. Um, But also like their dad will like say that they can't go into the woods by themselves because there might be coyotes. Which is not as reasonable to me. Um also there's like this fairly steep hill at the end of their street and they're only allowed to go up to like a certain height on the hill and ride their bikes down. They can't go up to the top of the hill and ride their bikes down. And it also I mean from what I could see of the hill it wasn't that steep. It was a it was a steep hill but like I grew up in a neighborhood that had a lot of steep hills that I was just riding my bike down as a child all the time and you know how I learned not to fall off my bike while riding down steep hills? By falling off my bike while riding down steep hills a lot. So I don't really have a lot of empathy for the parents in that situation. They also say that Jay, yes that's his name, um, has turned the family's obsession with safety into a career as a baby proofer which sounds like one of those made up jobs at the beginning of House Hunters. The other big thing with the family is that Jay and the children share responsibilities and the chores. Um, Everyone chips in, including the kids. Everyone does chores and Jay believes, you know, like this is, we're an equal partnership. So very much the opposite of Richard. So it's the day of the swap. Uh, The narrator asks the wives what they hope to bring to their new families. Karen says she wants to teach the Heaney family about safety and she's also bringing a smoke detector because she's not sure if there will be one in the room that she's staying. Um, Mayumi says that she'll bring the excitement of storm chasing to the other family. Mayumi's like super expressive and just like very excitable and she's very cute. So next the wives will arrive at their new family's homes. Um, So they always do this that they like come in while no one's there so that they can kind of like check out their digs before they get to meet everyone. Um, so as you know this happens we're gonna like cut back between Karen and Mayumi um I'm just gonna talk about individually what they say because it's annoying to go like back and forth back and forth as quickly as the scene goes uh so the first thing that Mayumi notices is that there aren't any toys lying around as she goes through their house she sees like the baby gates in their I guess their garage um you know like the baby gates that Jay takes with him on his baby proofing house calls and she's like oh they're cages (laughs) like cages for children um which is not as funny because you know this is America where children are in cages right now uh she also (laughs) looks up the fan on the living room at one point this is I don't know why she does this I don't do they not have a ceiling fan (laughs) in Colorado where she lives but she points at the fan and she like just says Spinning round and round like a hurricane. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the fan isn't even on at that point. She just like sees it and comments on what fans do. And I thought that was really random and funny. She also goes into the backyard and says, like, this is my place and runs across the yard and jumps on the swing set and like goes up. She like runs up the slide and goes across the monkey bars and it's just really cute. So yeah, Mayomi kind of had like a good time checking everything out. Um Karen on the other hand the first thing she says is that it's weird to walk into a house and the first thing you see are rockets because there are all of the like storm chasing rockets are out and pictures on the walls of children with guns which we like pan across a bunch of pictures of the kids with guns so you know fair she goes into like the laundry room and there's like a rusty circular saw blade just sitting on the floor so she's fairly horrified by that. Uh, She sees some batteries lying on a plate and then she's just like freaks out about that too because she says that a lot of times batteries can explode and like acid will come out and she's worried about the kids but the batteries on the plate I'm less concerned about. The rusty blade on the floor? Mm, Yeah that's pretty yeah let's take care of that. So the narrator tells us that you know the first week each wife must abide by the rules of their new families and then says that each wife has written a guide to the running of their homes. So While I was just taking my notes, because I always, like, write my outline prior to actually doing any of the research that I do, the very limited research that I do, you know, where I read the Wikipedia page to get the background, whatever. Um, So I always do this first, and I wrote in my notes that I was like, oh, I'm 99% sure that production writes the guides for them just based on the way everything's worded. Then, as I was watching it more closely, I saw that the guide is more of like a Q and A interview style instead of like a straightforward paragraph. It might have like an introductory paragraph, but the rest of it looks to be just like production asking questions and the wives answering them. And then in the um, the earlier blog spot blog, I, I mentioned uh, the person who had been on the show formerly said yes, like production writes the guides and they actually write the rule changes. Um, which is what happens when like the new wives switch up the rules or whatever which I didn't realize so that's kind of interesting but that makes a lot of sense. Um, So Mayumi reads about how the Martell family is all about safety and then Karen reads about how the Heaney families are all about storm chasing. (laughs) At one point she also reads that Richard is a free thinker with his own theories about weather and time travel. See this is why I think he's a flat earther Um, and she says this guy sounds like a cult leader which yeah actually like he she's really not far off um so then also when mayumi is reading um she says she reads that jay is a supportive husband who has no issues helping karen and she just kind of like looks up and she's like she has support and i'm just like oh justice for mayumi so the wives meet their quote new husbands and children which is a, a little bit of a dramatic way to put it don't you think abc um, so Karen shakes hands with Bradford, the little, the, I guess he's the oldest of the three boys in the, Mar- or not the Martell family, the Heaney family. Um, and he says in this like very high squeaky eight year old voice, he's like, a says what? And Karen says what? So, got her, got her Bradford. And he got her on national TV too, so, you know, actually go, go, pro Bradford. Um, and then the first thing that Mayumi, Mayumi says, uh, sitting down with Jay and the kids like they just sit down you know they say hello and then she sits down and she's like so you have cages and she's like well we try not to call it the cage um this is you know the uh, the beginning of the fight that Mayumi and Jay will have while living together she has like a quick little talking head interview where she says that kids should be able to live freely um and she hopes that they won't fight over this but they may need to because this is something that she feels very strongly about Meanwhile at the Heaney house the kids are jumping from like the stairwell landing over the railing onto the couch below. Um, Obviously Karen is you know not not loving that Um, and Richard tells them not to but he makes sure to clarify to Karen that it's only because he doesn't want them to hurt the railing that that it's totally cool if they jump off like rocks or fences or whatever else. also at this point we get a Richard talking head where he says that yeah I've got a new wife can't remember her name but she seems a bit too paranoid for a guy like me which is a little bit rich coming from the man who has time travel theories. Uh, in Connecticut the boys and Jay gave Mayumi a safety tour of the house I guess just pointing out all the safe safety features of the house like it's a fucking Volvo. Uh, they point out the fire extinguisher and Mayumi says wow I've never seen a fire extinguisher in the kitchen like they're fucking nuts for having that um is like where else would you put one and that's what Jay basically says is like well you know most fires start in the kitchen so Max once again reminds us that microwaves can give you cancer I don't even know why they have a microwave in their house if they believe that like why the fuck even have it but whatever Mayumi says she feels trapped by all of the rules, though. Also, just something kind of funny. Um, at the Heaney household, as Karen is saying goodnight to the kids, one of them says, my dad doesn't want to sleep with you. And she just awkwardly goes like, oh, oh no, I know. I'm not going to do that. And at first I was like, oh, that's just an eight-year-old to five-year-old saying, you know, my dad doesn't want to go to bed with you in the same bed. But... Upon further reflection, (laughs) these kids are a little bit mature for their age. I think they've probably watched South Park or something and I wonder if they actually know what sleep with you means and if they actually mean it like my dad does not want to have sex with you lady. I don't know. So it's the first morning after the swap Um, in Connecticut Mayumi has to follow the rules of slow quiet calm mornings in the Martell household which honestly just seems like so chill. Like they say that they they don't want their kids to be like stressed out in the mornings. They don't want them to like get a stomachache after they eat. So everything is just like taken very slowly. They wake them up very gently. And I was just like, that sounds nice. That sounds really nice. I wish someone could do that to me. And I like don't even talk to anyone in the morning because either my husband's gone or he's asleep. So, but I still just want, I want that for myself too. But Mayumi doesn't like it. She says that everything's so slow and that you need to give kids energy in the mornings. Next, she goes with Jay. Um, They go on a work call to childproof a client's house. So he just, like, goes through and shows her, like, all of the things that you can do to make a house safe for a baby. But, again, she gets really hung up on those baby gates. Um, She says that cages are limiting for kids and a cage is for her dog but not for her kids. In Colorado Karen has to check the weather because that's what Mayumi does um to see if there's any storms brewing. And There aren't currently so she's very relieved about that but then she has to get everyone else up and start the day because no one can do anything for themselves around here. So she's working on getting the kids breakfast like you know trying to feed the kids do the mom thing and Richard just comes into her and he's like pants. She's like what? She's like pants! Pants! I'm out of pants! I need pants! She goes and finds him his pants even though he lives there and she doesn't like how the fuck did she find this man's pants um and so then you know she gives him the pants but she's sarcastic about that which I really appreciate she calls him her majesty and then she has to make his special spaceship eggs uh because he won't eat them any other way and she just like looks at him (laughs) just like looks on in disgust as he's like explaining how he eats them you know like the the little ship attacks the mothership duh obviously Karen she says that she feels like she's eating breakfast with a three-year-old she doesn't say that in a talking head she's like tells him she's like I feel like I'm eating breakfast with a three-year-old but then ooh ooh then we this is when we really start delving into just like the cream of the crop Richard Heaney moments there's a few of them this is definitely one of them So he's like, that's, you know, my wife still giggles and laughs at everything that I say. And that's why grown men like a younger woman. He says that after women turn 25 or after a woman turns 25, it's all downhill mentally from there. Ah! (laughs) And at this point I was like, well, how old is your wife then? Because she has an 8-year-old. Like, I don't think she's under 25. But then he goes on to say that his wife has maintained a childlike aspect. And that's what he appreciates. Which is just like... Ah! Like, oh, God, don't, ooh, really don't, don't say that, like, the thing that you love about your wife is her childlike aspect. Just, just don't. And especially don't on national television, dude. Uh, so, Karen, like, God bless Karen. She is a fucking saint. Because she really holds it together for this entire time she's with Richard. And not only that, like, she calls him on his bullshit consistently. Um, so she kind of just kind of sidesteps this and talks about how it isn't fair that Naomi has to take care of everything and she's like well I'm not going to be treated like a servant so she, she just gets up and walks away but then Richard says that she can't mentally compete with him and that's why she's walking away <sighs> and I just like here I wrote I hate to think what he's taught teaching his sons about women which is a point that's actually brought up later in the episode. So then we get two talking heads. The first is Karen complaining about how sexist Richard is and the second is Richard saying that he thinks that Karen likes him and deep down inside wishes her husband were more like him. Sure Jan. So over at the Martels, the boys are back from school. It's time for their supervised safe playtime. They put their helmets on and ride around in their cul-de-sac like it's reasonable um but maybe we ask them about going down the big hill and they explain how they're afraid of falling and getting hurt and she just thinks that Max and Dean have too much fear for children that young which she's pretty she's pretty valid like it's one thing to keep your kids safe but you know you gotta you gotta fall down while you're riding your bike that's part of riding your bike so we're back in Colorado winds are starting to pick up and Karen has to get the megaphone and give like the storm approaching call get rouse the family for action So they all scramble to get ready um, and as they're like trying to grab everything you know Karen who's never done this before and doesn't know what the fuck she's supposed to be doing is just getting like verbally assaulted by Richard who's just screaming for her you know telling her to do this and that. You know they get to wherever they're going I don't know next to the tornado adjacent to the tornado. Karen thinks it's very irresponsible that the kids are with them so they try to unload the car unpack the car get all the tools and everything and Richard seems to be getting frustrated that Karen doesn't inherently know what to do he's just like upset that she doesn't have all of Mayumi's knowledge and everything like he gets really mad at her that she didn't bring the camera even though she was probably never told to, that she was in charge of the camera So then Karen accuses Richard of brainwashing Mayumi and says that no normal human would want to do this which is a little bit far because you can tell that like you know she's actually passionate about this like Mayumi is. Um, But then like he dumps out like all of his tools on the ground and storms off and he says that Karen should clean it up um, because Mayumi would do it. And Karen says I'm sure she would and she'd probably wipe your butt too. Get him! So over at the Martels, Mayumi is talking to the boys about playing in the woods because she's still trying to, like, figure out everything that they're afraid of. Um, She says that the boys have too many negative thoughts weighing on them, and so she decides to go into the woods herself to, as the narrator puts it, see what dangers lurk there, which is very dramatic. Um, But she's just, like, playing in the woods. It's cute. This is not a dangerous woods. This is, like, a very light, open woods where there's, you know, plenty of, light and you can see where you're going and you probably you can't really get lost in there. So she's just like climbing on trees and she's like look they could throw rocks and she throws a rock she's like they could climb in trees and she like climbs on a tree. Um, so it's cute she's like spinning around and laughing but that was it that was the only little scene we got. Um, it's just like Mayumi's our little palate cleanser because then we have to go back into like this verbally abusive situation. So. Karen and Richard are getting into an argument because he asked for something yet again. He gets mad at her because she's supposed to be living the life of Mayumi uh, but instead of like them having a real conversation so that they can like hash this out he just like pulls out his harmonica and starts very maturely playing it and singing to drown her out. In a talking head after this he says that she went for the jugular because she was just like I don't want to be your servant I guess. Um, and says, like, you just don't do that after a hard day's work. And then Karen gets a talking head after this, and she's kind of tears up and says that Richard has to keep his wife beneath him, and she's just never been treated like that before. So it's just like really sad. I don't know. It's sad. Um, there's a short scene back at the Martels. It's just Mayumi kind of talking to Jay about all of the fears that the boys have. Jay doesn't really take her seriously, and Mayumi starts to get really emotional. And that's basically it. They're like clashing over that. But it's ba- at least they could have a respectful conversation about it. Alright so now it's time to switch the rules up. The families are summoned to the rule change ceremony. Which makes it sound like it's way more serious than it actually is. It's just a family meeting. So Mayumi makes her grand entrance. She comes in with the megaphone blazing. She's screaming that tornadoes are approaching. Tornadoes approaching. Um, so again this... It's like when the wives got to the new houses and checked everything out it jumps back and forth between them really quickly which would be really annoying to do in a recap so I'm just going to go do one at a time. So Mayumi's new rules are what she wants the family to like know and consider. She says that they're living a life of fear and it's time to start living a life of fun and then at that Max goes yes and like fist pumps a little bit so you know like that's good the kids are, are getting into it kind of going to get over their fears. Um, Mayumi says that she's going to make a video to show Jay all the things the boys are afraid of. The rule I guess if you can call it a rule is that the boys are going to go play in the woods by themselves. Um, Max is like oh, I don't I don't really want to do that and then we get some like nice fun editing where they like bring in a picture of a coyote and just some like growling because you know he's afraid of getting eaten by a coyote. The other rule is that the boys are going to go to the top of the hill and I guess presumably ride down from there. And then also Mayumi's rules are very easy to follow. Um, She says that when she walked in the house she didn't know who the boys were since they didn't have their stuff laying around. So the next rule is to put all of their stuff on the floor. And that's like what they go do immediately after the rule change ceremony. They just like go get all of their toys from upstairs and just start dumping it all over the floor downstairs. So those are Mayumi's rules and they're not I mean I guess the rule is like also Jay can't talk about safety or else he'll get put in the baby cage. But they're all very easy it's just like the kids have to play in various ways. Karen's rules are the first is that storm chasing is banned Um, and at this point one of the kids and I'm pretty sure it's Falcon who is five at this point says fuck that rule. The F word is bleeped but it's very obviously fuck that rule and Karen just goes wow (laughs) she handles it so well. Um, She says the next rule is that Richard will have to do all of the domestic chores and Karen will direct him via megaphone. Also, again, at this point she gets out the megaphone and she's like, Richard, focus. And Falcon says, I thought you just said fuck us. And she's like, no. Who is teaching this kid these words? The boys also have to be more responsible around the house and there's no burping or fighting at dinner. Those are their rules. Um, also, I guess Karen really hates the fact that they go to bed already dressed. This is, like, a thing that she brought up several times, and she just is, like, they, she doesn't like it. Um, so the next rule is that they have to go to bed in pajamas. Falcon says that he hates pajamas, but I think he's dumb. Pajamas are great. And the last rule the final rule is that it's kind of I guess it's like the antithesis of uh, Mayumi's like let's go get all of your shit from upstairs and dump it on the floor. It's like we're going to find everything that's unsafe in the house and we're going to get rid of it and we're going to do that right now. So the Martell boys are playing their uh, with their toys downstairs which had previously banned for the safety reasons of people might trip over them. Um their dad is saying something to them and he like says no which is you know a banned word under Miami's rules. So they put him in a, in a cage in the baby like a, make a cage out of baby gates in the garage and put him in there. It's, it's kind of funny because he could just like step over the gates and get out but it's kind of cute. The boys laugh. They're kind of getting into it. It's cute. And then at the Heenies Karen makes Richard clean up uh, while she tries to get the boys ready for bed. Again, Falcon's just, like, not feeling these whole pajamas. Like, he's not into the idea. He tries to tell her that people in Colorado don't wear pajamas. I'm just like, come on, kid. Just just give in to the pajamas. They will change your life, I swear. He says that he really hates the new mom, (laughs) which is not great. It's kind of sad. Um, And so the boys go to bed. Karen makes Richard safety-proof the house. He has a hissy fit about it because – he has a hissy fit about everything he says like she has no clue what what's dangerous what's not dangerous because the reality is everything in this house is toxic so I I don't know what point he's trying to make like just get rid of it all then I guess because she's gonna make you um he's like sarcastically he sarcastically uses his radioactivity detector like as one can do But, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, well, I better, like, detect the stove. Oh, my gosh, look at all this radiation over here. You better get back, Karen. just like being an asshole about it. He's a jerk. At this point, I guess it, like, cuts to commercial and comes back because there's a weird jump at one of the breaks in the mini YouTube clips, but uh, it's the next morning after rule change, I guess. Karen asks Richard if he's made the kids lunch, and then he just turns to the kids and asks them if they can eat lunch at school. Bradford starts making his own lunch and Karen kind of calls him out calls Richard out and says like look the kids can even make their own lunches but you can't so then Richard accuses her of being combative um, and then he like gets a paper plate and I guess like draws on it and he's like this is your bitch meter she calls him disrespectful of course and yeah he's just being an asshole then he like it cuts to a talking head where he spins around in a circle and he's like talking to Karen's like this and he like spins around he's an asshole. At the Martels, Mayumi wakes the kids up with a megaphone and tells them it's time to go storm chasing. So this is kind of cute. Like there's no storm, but like she gets them all up. They go out into a field and they're going to go shoot a rocket. Um, The kids seem to think it's really cool. It's like probably the best possible way to ease this particular family into storm chasing. There's some like experts there helping them um, who explain like, you know, they kind of, I think one of the kids says something about oh do we have to go catch the rocket and he's like never catch a descending rocket and then Jay asks like or adds like and also never catch a meteor and then Mayumi gets on to him for thinking about safety and tells him to like leave it to the professionals and then later at home she like gets mad at him for thinking about safety instead of like having fun she like kind of laughs at him but she also kind of pushes him so I feel like she she like is pretty serious about it here back in Colorado apparently one of the other rules that didn't really get highlighted was that all talk of weather just like in general is banned Um, and Richard is still supposed to be taking care of all the chores so that he understands what Mayumi has to do so he's washing the dishes and Karen gets mad at him because he like talks about cumulus clouds as he makes like soap bubbles in the sink Um, so then he starts throwing a tantrum again (laughs) of course and then he says like every man in America is going yeah he Cause her mouth doesn't stop like just like my wife which again is such a fucking gross sexist bullshit thing to think and then say out loud on national tv <laughs> but Karen kind of gets back at him because she's like well no I think every man is actually looking at you and saying like look at this guy he's crazy he can't even wash a dish um Richard takes Falcon and goes to leave and then Karen just says that proves that he has no respect for his own wife He says that she isn't his wife she's a man's worst nightmare and then says yeah I'm so glad that my wife was born in Japan and she doesn't have your lousy values which oh god just like oh it just makes me so uncomfortable because I know it's racist it's just like this weird white like fetish fetishization but ugh, it just freaks me out. So in the next scene um, Karen decided to bring in one of Richard's female friends and colleagues I guess just to like help her talk to him since she can't get through to him since he's just so anytime she says anything he immediately like flips his lid and runs away. So they all sit down together and his friend like tries to have like a genuine conversation where she tells him you know sometimes I'll say something and you won't really give it any thought but then a man will say the same thing and then you'll take it from him. So the first thing the first thing Richard says in response to that is I really sense that I'm being attacked and just like gets up and walks away like starts to walk away. He tells her that you're like you're not allowing me to sleep, speak even though she's said one sentence. <laughs> and so uh, he tells her to leave and he you know gets up and she's like hey I'm you know I'm, I'm honestly like you heard me like when you say things like that. And he's just like "Nope, just leave this is my house you need to leave. So he goes outside uh, and sits alone for a little bit and maybe comes to his senses a little bit. Um, he says that there, he's like there's a way around this which I don't know if that means like there's a way to move forward or there's a way to like get through this without actually apologizing. I think it might actually be the latter So he goes inside um, he hugs his friend and he says like let's just let's move on to something positive. Like he doesn't ever apologize or say I'm sorry for like treating you that way or I'm sorry for just acting like that just now. Uh, And then he just says to Karen that he doesn't want to fight anymore and she agrees. Um, So I mean at least they've come to a truce. And then in the next talking head she starts to get a little bit emotional again and says like you know all the pain that she's gone through with Richard and in the past two weeks has been a lot and you know he's finally turning around. At this point I did write like two weeks is a really long time to live with someone you hate because I was thinking like wow two weeks is a long time like that would really suck if you like had this kind of contentious relationship. But if it's really only a week I mean that still sucks that's a long time but that's a bear, Like that's a that's a big difference between a week and two weeks living with someone you really hate. Um. So then back in Connecticut, Mayumi sits down with Jay to show him the video that she made of Max and Dean. And they just like go through and they list all of their fears. It's kind of just a recap of everything that they've already told us. You know, the coyotes and the tapeworms and all of those things. Um, and then after it's over, Jay just says, oh, good. Yeah, I liked it. And Mayumi gets really really upset with him you know because that was not the intention of her uh, making the video. Um, So she you know he says like well we obviously have very different opinions and I think your opinion is warped. Um, But she like yells at him and starts crying and you know tells him like you just think that you're seeing like emotional Mayumi but I really care. Mayumi may be yelling and like getting loud and really emotional in this conversation but I feel like you know they're still having a respectful conversation. And I think that Jay realizes that regardless of my opinion versus hers, she really does care about my children. So I think that that's why they like actually can respect one another. So at the Heenies, the kids are still helping to clean up around the house, but the next challenge is for the boys to have a meal with table manners. Um, So they do a pretty good job. They say please and thank you, and they use utensils instead of their fingers. Um, One of the boys announces that he farted and burped at the same time, but then he says, excuse me also Bradford says my b-u-t-t itches and Karen replies that means you need a shower but thank you for being really respectful and spelling it out at the table instead of saying it which I feel like is a little bit sarcastic but also like genuinely I think true because baby steps with this family so the kids help clean up after dinner one of the boys even wipes the table down without being asked it's like a whole new kid And Richard says that he really likes having the boys help out and that it's easier to communicate with each other when they're like not in combat. Um, So I think he's, he's starting to have, you know, a realization of how they can have a kind of respectful discourse while they're still living together. He actually even says to Karen directly that if he can just like drop his ego and help like try the rules, his family can really benefit from it. And he seemed kind of actually excited to like help out his wife. Which is, like, he's acting like it's something he's, like, never considered before. He was just like, I mean, if if I do some of the chores, then that, that eases Mayumi's load. He also has this really weird line where he's like, Mayumi can finally get this thing off her back. She's carrying a turtle. Which, in my translation, I think what he's saying is he's comparing Mayumi to the turtle that carries the world on its back like she has the weight of the world on its turtle shoulder and she's she's not carrying the turtle she is the turtle that's what I think he means maybe but if there's like a an idiom about carrying a turtle means you're taking on a big load let me know I've just never heard that before. So at the Martells the boys go play in the woods unsupervised um and It's also so dad can face his fear more so than the boys facing theirs. Mayumi's in contact with them via walkie-talkie so everything's going to be fine. Um, But Jay still tries to go follow them into the woods and Mayumi cuts him off. (laughs) And then like as she's like what are you doing? He's like I'm just going for a walk. One of the boys comes in over the walkie and he's like hey Mayumi tell dad not to be worried okay? So they play in the woods um, they seem like they have fun and then you know they say that Mayumi really made them braver and they're not afraid of going into woods by themselves anymore and it's cute it's sweet. And so Jay even says in the next talking head that it's okay for the boys to go into the woods alone because they're growing boys and you can't keep them in a bubble. So he's really starting to have like his breakthrough as well. So back in Colorado, they've safety-proofed the house. Um, Richard seems to be getting along fine with it. You know, they've been communicating all right. Everything's going all right. And then, then, this is, like, I think my favorite Richard moment of the episode. No, just kidding. My favorite Richard moment comes in later. But this is, this is, like, top two. Richard, or Karen, shows off the new helmets, like, bicycle helmets that she bought for the boys. Richard asks if there was anything wrong with the ones that they already had and she tells him you know well truthfully I like didn't see them when I was going through the stuff earlier so I just went ahead and got new ones. And then she also says that she saw Falky, she calls him Falky, uh, riding around without a helmet, riding into the road and he almost got hit by a car. So then Richard like freaks out at this part but it's like ooh it's such a it's like a scary freak out because he kind of just like goes it's like a 180 degree flip Um, So he's just like I'm a damn good father and like throws whatever he was holding. He's like and I'm getting pissed off that you're making me look bad or that I look bad on TV or something like that. Um, I guess just like his kids didn't have helmets at all or his kids didn't wear their helmets or whatever. It's just like it's a very it's just toxic masculinity. Um, Also at this point this is a a little interesting editing tidbit. Um, So you know he like freaks out he throws a thing he's like oh I'm a good father I'm pissed off Blair. They have they edited in a talking head that's very very clearly from at the f- table meeting whatever when all four parents like meet up together and the spouses are reunited and they like talk about what they learned um, because you can see the hotel that they're at in the background and so she's saying like Richard's acting completely irrational and I don't like he's acting completely irrational again so I don't know if I'm going to go back in there and say goodbye which she meant like at the table meeting, but they edited it in here as if like, I don't know if I'm gonna go back to his house and say goodbye before I leave. Just something I caught. So in Connecticut, it's time to confront Jay's biggest fear, letting the boys ride their bikes down from the top of the hill. So they do it, Mayumi and Jay are waiting at the bottom, the boys ride their bikes down, they survive, everyone's okay, no one falls off their bike. Um, and yeah, everyone's happy. And Dean even says in Talking Head that like what he's learned from Mayumi is to face his fears, which is a great lesson to take into life. And as one final surprise for the family, she wants to give the, uh, the Martells another taste of storm chasing. Um, so she gets them into rain gear and she sounds the tornado alarm and takes them down the street where there is what they call a tornado Um, So it's just like a big industrial fan that's set up maybe it might even be like a couple to give them like a crosswind and maybe like swirl it around like it's a tornado. But they just like play in the wind basically Uh, the crew I guess probably is like throwing leaves into in in front of the fan so it blows at them and they're having fun and so even afterwards Jay says that it was fun. The boys all say they had a good time Um, and Jay thanks Mayumi for, for the experience. So it's time for the wives to say goodbye to their former or their, their new families I guess so that they can see their former families. That's not a good way to put it. Whatever it's getting late. Um, so Mamie hugs the boys goodbye. Karen is apparently refusing to talk to Richard but says goodbye to the boys. Meanwhile Richard is writing a song. So he says that you know he's gone through so much with, with Karen over the past two weeks. A lot of emotional ups and downs and that's really what inspires him to write music this will come back later. So then the couples are reunited for the table meeting. It's always cute. I really like this on Wife Swap because they like you know get out of the separate limos and they see one another and they like run and hug and they play um, the same song every single time. It's like you know gotta get right back from where we started from whatever song that is. It's really cute. I, it's, sometimes it makes me a little bit emotional. Um, so now it's time for the table meeting or judgment time as the narrator calls it he's like it's judgment time because I guess they're going to be judging the shit out of one another so Karen and Jay sit down across the table from Mayumi and Richard in this horribly drab hotel conference room and they just like they hash it out it's not super interesting anything that they talk about um Karen says that Richard was like the youngest child out of them and she really wanted him to get a uh a taste for what Mayumi's life is like. Um, she does get a little bit choked up when she talks about how difficult the week was and how like he yelled anytime she asked him to take responsibility. But Mayumi's pretty much fine with that. Mayumi brings up that the kids rode down from the top of the hill. Karen asks Jay, like, you know, how do you feel about that? And he says, Hey, they're big kids now. It's time for them to take the next step. And so Karen says, You know, that's something that she'll take from the experience, just like. Allowing, uh, allowing her kids to grow and explore more and then Mayumi said like you know she learned about you know boys just helping out the parents and Richard says hey the boys seem to really like cleaning and we're going to try and do this to make Mayumi's life easier. So it's, it's a pretty positive table meeting. Okay then at this point he performs his song that he wrote and it is just it's so good and by good I mean it's so bad that I couldn't just describe it for you. So I am like maxing out my editing capabilities and I am doing the best I can. Hopefully it works, but I'm going to drop the song in right here. I wanna tell ya how much you mean to me and my family. Was sad to see you go, we like you, you know. You're not half bad, your bad half makes me whole. Truly heart-wrenching am I right you guys? (laughs) Um, So after he performs that he he asks Karen for a hug um, and they hug. Karen says that was the best apology she ever got which mm, he could have said I'm sorry. But you know whatever apparently I'm the only one hung up on that. Um, So you know they, they get emotional. Richard says that Karen's awesome, and then the moms are reunited with their kids. Like, they go home, they hug their kids, it's very sweet. Um, so what's kind of fun about Wife Swap is they, they revisit the families a few weeks later to see what they've taken away from the experience. Um, so the Martell family, they are encouraging their kids to take more risks. We actually see a shot of, like, one of the boys falling off of his skateboard, so, like, you know, big fucking deal. The family apparently are into like shooting off rockets now. <laughs> they like took that from the experience. We see them do that. Um, they're riding down from the top of the hill on their bikes. And Karen says, you know, she wasn't even nervous about it. Uh, they're going into the woods by themselves. Dean says that, you know, if there's Cody, he'll just run. And the Cody won't catch him because he's faster than coyotes. So, you know, he's a, he's got a really reasonable plan there. We also see them going out for sushi. Max isn't afraid of getting tapeworms anymore. So he orders some sushi and yeah, Karen just says that she's, uh, she's appreciated the experience. And then at the Heaney family the kids are doing more chores but they say that they're doing it in a fun way um, and by that we see them like by cl- like cleaning up but slam dunking their toys into the toy box and vacuuming but like dragging the vacuum around by its cord and not really doing anything particularly productive. Um Mayumi says that Richard helps her a lot they like cook dinner together so that's good and then Mayumi says like she likes her new and improved husband. So that's it that's pretty much the end um the only thing that I wanted to also call out before we close the recap is that you know the show fades like fades into the the little card that says like to apply for wife swap call this number blah, blah blah and as it's doing that we have one last line from Mayumi and she says something that's like swap opened up my mind a lot to my private area. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. That could just be like lost in translation. You know English is in her first language. Who knows what she meant by that. But they, they put that in the episode so I wanted to add it in the recap because it was really funny. So that's it. The end. All right. Now I'm excited. We get to do the where are they now and I get to talk about the Heaney family. So like I mentioned they came back for the 100th episode as the fan favorites and this was the episode I had seen previously. Um, The other family in that was like a spiritual psychic person (laughs) who like really didn't like how destructive and like crazy the Heaney boys were. But they are of course most notorious for the Balloon Boy hoax. So let's go into what happened there like let's refresh our memories if we don't We don't remember. It was 10 years ago this year. Balloon Boy was 10 years ago. Isn't that wild? So it was October fifteenth, two 2009, which was pretty much a year after their first appearance on Wife Swap. Um, Richard and Miyumi had, they claimed that Falcon had climbed into a homemade UFO-shaped weather balloon, um, and then it, like, got loose of its tethers and took off. There was a resulting police and media frenzy as they followed the balloon, and then after the balloon eventually landed and Falcon wasn't inside of it, they, like, had a manhunt looking for his body thinking that he had fallen out um, but eventually Falcon was just found hiding in a box in his attic. So after all this happened there was a little bit of concern um, from some people that maybe this was a hoax but it was more or less confirmed to the general public that it was after an interview on CNN's Larry King Live when Falcon was asked um, like why didn't you come out of the garage why didn't you come out of the attic And he like looked at his parents and they repeated the question and then he said oh you guys said um that we did it for the show and then there was like an interview the next day where they were on good morning america and someone asked him about it and falcon like threw up and so everyone thought that was because he was he felt guilty for lying um so the authorities decided that it was a hoax Uh, they said that it was a hoax in order to gain more publicity for a potential reality show richard was a eventually charged with and pled guilty to a charge of attempting to influence, um, it was a felony charge, actually, of attempting to influence a public servant. Um, Mayumi pled guilty to false reporting to authorities, but that was just a misdemeanor. So Richard had to spend 90 days in jail and had to complete community service and pay a fine of $36,000. Mayumi Mayumi was sentenced to 20 days in jail, but that was served via jail-supervised community service twice a week, and her sentence was, like, staggered against Richard so that um, they weren't serving simultaneously so that there was childcare. So all in all not too terribly many consequences you know they weren't in jail for years. Um, Richard has always maintained that the balloon boy incident was not a hoax uh, but he felt it was like in his family's best interest to plead guilty to avoid having his children taken away from him or having Mayumi deported which he said was a concern. Um, After the incident, the family ended up moving to Florida. So this is also where it gets pretty interesting. Um, After they moved to Florida, the three boys actually started a rock band called the Heaney Boys. Um, It was managed by Richard, of course, and billed as the world's youngest metal band. As of an Oprah, Where Are They Now segment from 2014, the band was making enough for the family to survive off of, although I doubt that's the case these days. Um, Also Richard continued to like be an eccentric ass person. Uh, He was an inventor. It looked like he made these like self-produced Billy Mays-esque ShamWow-esque infomercials for his inventions. Um, So he had one called a bear scratch which was it's a back scratcher that's a piece of wood that you put on the corner of one of your walls and you scratch your back like a bear scratches on a tree. Uh, He also invented a... Invention that was like just like rubber bands and something that vibrates that you put your jars in and it shakes the condiments to the bottom of the jar for you. Um, I found the family on Facebook but they're all fairly private so I couldn't really see what they've been up to more recently. I saw some posts from Bradford from 2018 where they were just waiting out one of the many many hurricanes that we've had um, every year for the past three or four years. Um, it also looks like Falcon might be in Gainesville now just based on some recent Facebook activity so maybe he's going to the University of Florida which was my alma mater which is my head canon now so Falcon's a gator Woo! as far as the Martell family goes I did actually fan- find them all on Facebook but they it was pretty private so I couldn't really see anything um, looks like Jay Martell went to a jazz festival and had a good time isn't it weird how I can just find all these people on Facebook always it's just like people who went on a reality show like 13 years ago and probably never think about this and I'm just like hey what's up 15 years later and I am Facebook stalking you because of a show you went on. The internet's wild you guys. Alright so my last question does it hold up is it worth a rewatch? I mean I really to be honest I only watched this one episode of Wife Swap. Um, I didn't like spend time binging through a lot of Wife Swap episodes so I can't really speak to how well it holds up when you watch a bunch of them. But from what I can tell, I mean, the format isn't stale 10 years later. It still works as far as a reality show goes. It's not terribly dated. There wasn't anything that I saw that really was just like off the mark, really off the cuff, other than Richard's horribly, horribly sexist attitudes and comments. But you can see that in the comments section of any local news article these days. So I wouldn't say that that's uh, dated in any way, unfortunately. Alright guys, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, So like I said, I will be taking off next week so you will see me the following week which should be September 24th will be when I release my next episode. Um, Until then, if you want to hit me up on Facebook, I'm at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Or on my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley, which I did just make public recently. So if you've been waiting to stalk me, now is the time. Send me a DM, a friend request. Let's chat. It's fun. Um, and you can email me at snapbackpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I would really, really appreciate a couple more five-star ratings because I have dropped down to 4.5 stars. and I really want to see if I can get back up to five stars. Because I have like two or three one and two star reviews. And it's just dragging me down you guys. Um, But yeah. I love you guys. I will talk to you soon. In the meantime if you miss me in the next week DM me on Instagram. See ya. Bye.